0: You haven't finished your nuggets yet, sweetie. Okay, there's a lot of children starving in America, right? I mean, take a look at her, she's American, huh? Really skinny, you wanna look like that? No. Then eat your nuggets!
1: Hello and welcome to You Should See the Other Guy, the podcast where we watch a romantic comedy featuring a buffet of love interests and tell you why the person who chose picked the wrong option. I'm Jennifer. I'm Samantha. And I'm Sadie. And today we have a very special guest. Oh my God, how do I even describe this woman? She is definitely the most beautiful human being to have ever touched foot to the face of the planet. She is the mother of the most glorious baby I have ever laid eyes on in my entire life. She is my sister-in-law. She is also (laughs) a very fantabulous clothing designer and designer of honestly anything that you could ask her to design. Uh, She is degreed from Parsons and You know, it is really great when you have an insider working in an evening wear design place and they can give you free sample clothing all the time. Like, wow, that was a great period. Anyway, she is also a South Korean national and has also spent much of her life living in the United States and now she is based back in Korea and her name is hannah hayne lee we are so pleased to welcome her to our humble little podcast hello hannah hi everyone thank you for the grand welcoming
2: (laughs) (laughs) if i ever have a biography i'm gonna have you write it (laughs)
0: oh that was just off the cuff I was like oh how how do I describe her now I should have written this down oh no we should also know Hannah now that you've been introduced solely on your own laurels and merits as is fitting uh for previous listeners of this podcast Hannah is also married to a past podcast guest who we will now reveal I mean, he's not here right now, but we'll reveal his name. (laughs) His name is Joseph Culp, international male model. And he was on the Legends of the Fall episode. Hannah, thank you for being here for a much better movie.
2: (laughs) I don't know, Legends of the Falls was a great masterpiece.
3: (laughs) No, Kanna, you damn. don't have to lie. This is a safe it space. It is a <laughs>
1: sweeping epic.
3: <laughs> I, I, I don't know
2: the whole plot of the story anymore because I, all I did during the whole movie was that I just
3: <laughs> stared into the eyes of Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's all anyone can do <laughs> when watching this movie. That's all it has to offer.
0: Did, did Joe make you rewatch it with him when he did it for the podcast? <gasps> yes.
3: And
2: I actually watched it on my own again because it was just too grand. <laughs> Good.
0: What is ha- wrong with you both? <laughs> it had such.
1: <laughs> well, this also leads into our part of the introduction. And see, Joe chose Legends of the Fall for his movie to guest on this podcast, right? Oh. And um, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> he did, indeed. <laughs> he actually, he sent me a message and said, I claim Legends of the Fall. And there we, there we
3: went. As, as, though, as though people were like clamoring up our trellises to guest star on our <laughs> Legends of the Fall episode.
1: <laughs> he made sure he, he had his bid in quickly. Hannah, we actually approached, is one of uh, two guests that instead of letting the guest use the movie, we approached the guest for their own expertise in the subject matter. Now, Crazy Rich Asians focuses on Chinese people. Hannah is not Chinese. However, in a few captions from Party Photos in 2006 and seven, Hannah did describe oh, no. herself <laughs> as a Carasian. <laughs> Um, <laughs> mash up a crazy plus Asian. And she is acquainted with a number. Oh, I, I don't know how many. I guess you could say a number if it's more than one, right? With probably yes. some rich enough crazy Asian people that you know we can consider you our expert also as a designer hannah like actually knows like what the fuck is going on with all the clothing in this movie which i think all of us are just like oh pretty sequence, colors yay so we asked hannah to come and speak to us about this movie and we are very grateful that she has obliged i'm happy to be here thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> And also, I would say to the crazy part, besides for marrying my brother, you know, she has also gone on record saying that she thinks that Legends of the Fall is like
0: a great, great movie. So tell us what happens in Crazy Rich Agents. If you don't care
2: about plots, I
1: mean, it's a great movie. (laughs) Honestly, it's kind of even better if you like consider the absolutely batshit plot. Anyway.
3: Speaking we're of, we're not talking complex. about crazy rich Asians at this point. We're talking about legislative. <laughs> now, now, we are pivoting to the actual movie of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's
1: get to it. <laughs> now, I shall summarize for us crazy rich Asians. We start out in London in 1995 in the lobby of a super fancy, like 10 star hotel. Michelle Yeoh. And another... Is 10-star a thing? uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, you know, (laughs) I was like, if 5-star is good, 10-star must be double good. So that's the type of hotel we're in right now. (laughs) And... (laughs) Fucking Michelle Yo herself and another fabulous woman, and a little boy and girl come in from the pouring rain and they're getting mud on the floor. So the concierge and then he calls out the manager, and they are both mega racist to these people. And they pretend that they don't have their reservation and the hotel is booked and they tell him to get lost. So they do. To a phone booth around the corner where Mrs. Young, as Michelle Yeoh is known in this movie, and I am not going to refer to her as that anymore, puts in a few words in Cantonese and bam, they go back to the hotel and she bought that bitch. And she tells the manager to get to mopping. And capitalism, the smiling little boy in the scene learns, wins over racism.
0: (laughs) 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 Karl Marx is doing the introduction this week. (laughs)
1: so that's the first scene now it's like 2018 although it is hard to tell based on Constance Wu's tank top and choker she is playing poker (laughs) with a curly haired white guy and just demolishes him by going all in on a bluff Surprise! She is an economics professor at NYU, and her boyfriend is smoking hot Henry Golding. They go to a cafe and are being all cute, and he invites her to go to Singapore, where he grew up for his childhood best friend's wedding. It's really sweet, but apparently also kind of simple on his part to do this in a public place, because another hottie spots them from across the room and whips out her phone. And in this universe, every East Asian person around the globe is on a huge group chat together, except for Henry Golding, a.k.a. Nick, who must have turned his notifications off, and his mother, Michelle Yo gets interrupted with the news in the middle of leading her Bible study group before Nick and Rachel even leave the cafe. Nick (laughs) is the little boy from the beginning. Nick is by a hotel on a whim rich, and his mama is not thrilled about him ditching his filial duty to go pretend to be a middle class person in New York. Rachel, NYU economics professor, is not rich. She is very close to her single mother who immigrated to the U.S. from China before Rachel was born. And now while they're like looking at dresses in this like upscale thrift shop, her mom starts trying to give her the rundown on how to try and impress Nick's family who might not like Rachel because according to her mom, Rachel is American as Fuck. But no matter. We're off to the airport. Rachel packs snacks, but that doesn't matter either because Nick is a first-class private cabin kind of guy. Rachel is flipping out, understandably. Nick says his family is comfortable, which Rachel rightly points out is what stupid level rich people say. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's too late for Second Thoughts now. Nick finally tells her a little bit about his family. He's got two cousins, Alistair and Eddie, who both suck in their own distinct ways. And then he's got another cousin, Astrid, who is a very fabulous work of fiction, superlative at all respects especially kindness in spite of her immense wealth high-end jewelry dealers are like please buy my wares formerly won by royalty at cost astrid because you are just that fucking awesome astrid's husband however is a jerk and she hides her purchases from him so as not to emasculate him Rachel and Nick land in Singapore and get picked up by his cute little down-to-earth pajama-wearing friends, the two we wed couple, Colin and Araminta. Oh, and Nick is the best man in this wedding, by the way. They go to Newton Center and eat a bunch of food-stalled delicacies in a truly pornographic scene that will absolutely make you hungry. The next day, while Nick goes to do some groomsman stuff, Rachel goes to visit her college friend, Paik Lynn, who is Aquafina with a truly terrible bleached haircut that gives me traumatic flashbacks to the last Last Time I Grew Out of Pixie Cut in 2018. Aquafina's family is nice. They are socially interesting. And they are gold toilet
3: level. Now they are a vibe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would like to attend one of their parties. I must say.
0: I like the chicken nuggets. I like how many chicken nuggets they have around.
1: (laughs) Don't you know? Little children are starving in America finished your nuggets. (laughs) And I mean, is he wrong? He is not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So when these people hear that Rachel's wedding date is Nick Young and the event that she's come to town to attend is Colin Koo's wedding, all of their jaws drop to the floor and roll away. This is Rachel's first clue that her boyfriend's family is unbelievably rich and Paiklin saves her from certain humiliation by loaning her a super disco fab Missoni gown to wear to meet Nick's family that night. The youngs turn out to be so rich that the whole party they're throwing is for the purpose of watching the blossoming of a super rare flower that only blooms for like five minutes at nighttime each year. Side note, minus the snobbery, this sounds extremely like my type of party and side note at the party, Rachel makes like 8,000 social gaffes and meets Michelle Yeoh, who hates her. She meets Nick's rainbow sheep cousin, Oliver, who likes her fine. Nick's elderly, rich ass grandmother who seems pleasantly neutral. And Astrid, who likes Rachel because Astrid is an angel unconcerned with wealth, even though she has oodles of it. The next day, Nick and Colin take off on a trip thrown by a dude named Bernard for a bachelor party that looks like a circle of hell. And Rachel tags along on Araminta's bachelorette getaway, which seems like it might be cool for about five seconds. But then it turns out all of the attendees are nasty, social climbing bitches who think Rachel is a gold digger. Nick and Colin escape their cruise ship torture by chartering a helicopter to fucking Australia, as if that is a casual and normal thing to do. Meanwhile, Rachel finds a gutted fish left in her bed, but doesn't tell anybody about it except Astrid, who arrives in time to help her clean it up. Finally, Rachel is pissed off at Nick because he definitely should have warned her about like all of this shit, but she still agrees to go make dumplings with his family anyway. There, she gets verbally assassinated by Michelle Yeoh, who explains in small English words that she is purposefully and actively running Rachel off because she herself was hated by Nick's grandmother and it was hell. She doesn't think Rachel can hack it in rich world. Michelle Yeoh is like, you see the 78 million carat emerald ring that I'm wearing? Yeah. Nick's dad had it made to propose to me because his mom said I could get wrecked and wouldn't give him the family stone, and it was terrible. But I could handle it, and you can't. So make like my son and run away to New York, little peasant. But Rachel doesn't run away to New York. Instead, she runs into a fashion makeover montage to choose her wedding look with Peglin and Oliver. And she totally Cinderella's out and looks amazing. And then she gets a front row seat because she impresses this literal princess who is an economics academic stan because such is the life of junior NYU professors. The wedding is mind blowing. They roll water down the aisle so Araminta can have a glam Jesus entrance and love abounds. Except for Astrid, whose shitty husband is cheating on her and bails out. But she saves her social reputation by getting grandma to make a rare appearance as her plus one. And thus everything is wonderful. But wait, Michelle Yeoh hired a private investigator and found out that Rachel's dad is not dead. Rachel's mom actually got knocked out by another dude and ran away from China. Rachel obviously is really upset and runs away to Paiklin's house this time. Rachel languishes in depression in Paiklin's guest bed for a while. till her mom shows up and comforts her and explains that her former husband was an abusive piece of shit. And Rachel's bio dad is the man who helped her to escape. Rachel and Rachel's mom are like... We both mutually love each other so much. Then Rachel's mom is like, Nick flew me out here, so you should give him another chance. Rachel meets up with Nick, and Nick is like, marry me. But Rachel's like, I don't think so, buddy. Instead, Rachel calls up Michelle Yo to meet her at a Mahjong parlor. They play all like super intensely, and they're like flipping all these pieces angrily, and it's like click, click, clack, clack, clack. And they're spitting out charged dialogue at each other, and Michelle Yo wins. But then Rachel flips a final piece and is like, guess what, bitch? I let you win. Also, I turned down your son's proposal because I didn't want to take him away from you forever and ever. But I could have. And I just want you to know that. (sighs) At this point, Rachel and her mom go to fly back to New York. Economy class. They're making their way to their seats. But hark, a voice. It is Nick wrestling his way through all these poor economy class people who are just trying to stow their carry on for a 13 hour flight. And then he goes down on one knee right there in the little narrow aisle and proposes again. But this time with Michelle Yeoh's enormous emerald ring, thereby indicating that he has obtained her approval. And Rachel says, yes, and the whole economy class cheers. And then Nick's like, let's get the fuck off this plane and go celebrate, because airlines apparently let super rich people do that. Then they have an enormous party, and there are synchronized swimmers, and Michelle Yao gives Rachel a curtain nod from across the room. The synchronized swimmers. And the credits roll. (laughs) And then (laughs) newly single Astrid bumps into a hottie at the bar, and now...
0: We are all desperate for the sequel that still has yet to arrive because of COVID. The end. Oh, oh shoot. What did they start filming and have to stop or have they just not started yet? I
1: don't know if they just if they even started, but I thought it got picked up, right? i didn't even know the sequels in motion that's cool the book series i read the and i'm i'm a little bit foggy now because when the first movie came out i read the first book and then i read the second book because i wanted to know what happened but then i was like fuck these books like aren't even on sale i'm tired of paying 9.99 for like a ebook and so i didn't read the third
0: one and who knows how it all how it all shakes out (laughs) the third one opens with an alien invasion and earth is destroyed Uh, only Michelle Yeoh can save us. Hannah, tell us how you feel about crazy rich Asians. Dear guest, please okay. let us know your reaction.
2: <laughs> All right. So um, I'm Korean national, but I've lived in the States for 16 years of my life. Um, That's about half my lifetime. So I am pretty Americanized. So I thought it was very positive and really funny and lighthearted. Storyline was quite a cliche. As you know, but I enjoyed the cinematography and the music was really great.
0: And the whole movie was just really colorful and pretty with all these beautiful people. I enjoyed it overall. Jen said that you might know some people who have this obscene amount of wealth.
2: (laughs) Actually, I do have a... um, When I was watching this, I was thinking about my college friend. She is actually from Singapore and she is comfortable she is like i would say she's as rich as um aquafina's family (laughs) and she calls herself comfortable so yeah (laughs) i have not had a pleasure to go visit her because i've never been to malaysia uh not malaysia i mean where are they Singapore, Singapore. <laughs> Singapore, yeah, they have had a pleasure to visit Singapore. I know they filmed some of the movie Malaysia.
1: So I was thinking about Malaysia, but yeah, they're pretty rich. I was going to say they're pretty. They're close to Malaysia uh, geographically, as Aquafina helpfully shows us on a purse in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And only on my third watch today did I get zazzled by her enormous like double finger pearl ring that like could kill a man if she like gave him a slight smack whilst she is delivering this geography lesson on a handbag.
0: <laughs> Speaking of rings, when I saw this in theaters for the first time, I guess I missed that the green emerald belonged to Michelle Yeoh. Like I was like looking at my soda or my phone or something when that happened. And so at the end, when Nick proposes with it, the entire theater gasped. And I thought that we were just gasping because it's such an impressive ring, not like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: not because like it had this emotional significance too. And so I joined in with everyone else. I was like, oh, holy shit. Like well, both, both.
1: Like on the scene where they set that up, like to explain the significance of the ring, they're making dumplings. And this woman is wearing like- I know. This ring, that like I, I have- a metal smithing degree, but I am no jewel expert. But this thing is like a goddamn knuckle duster. It is enormous. Like, (laughs) and she's just casually making dumplings with it. And then Constance Wu is like, oh, wow, I love your ring. And she's like... Oh, thanks, bitch. You know why I have that? Oh, it's because grandma hates me. And so Nick's dad had to have a separate ring made with this enormous beast of a mineral from the earth because she wouldn't give me the family stone. <laughs> she probably Damn. was making like one single dumpling with that ring. <laughs> right? <laughs> I even How the work else? of just like lifting your finger like, ugh, like it would be so- <laughs> So much work.
2: <laughs> Probably <laughs> it will cause all arthritis. It's so heavy.
3: <laughs> Damn. I know, like when when he proposes to Rachel, it looks so big in in the ring box. I'm like, I w- I would politely decline. Like I could <laughs> like like yes to the proposal but i can't possibly carry that ring around it was like it was like larger than my like thumbnail it looked like
1: (laughs) i'm sorry nick i don't think i can literally physically carry the weight of this ring (laughs) and therefore i must decline your proposal (laughs)
0: Hannah because time is so fluid. I don't really remember. Were you living in Tennessee still when this came out or had you absconded to Korea at that point?
1: Did it come out in 2018? I do remember. It came out shortly after Joe and Hannah moved because like I was yeah. all in mourning and that was like a cheerful thing Justin and I went to do to like try to distract ourselves that you guys didn't live across town anymore. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's something I'd watch in the theater if I was there, so. Clearly and in Korea, this movie kind of flopped. It flopped all over Asia. So I had a really hard time watching it, so. Oh, tell us about that. (laughs) Why did it flop? I think uh, I think it's it's like a big feel-good movie to white people, I guess, for having all the Asian yeah. people cast it, representing Asian culture. But for Asians living in Asia, it's like, oh, it's not any different from our everyday lives. Why is that a big deal? And they are rich people living their stupid rich lives. And it's a very typical Cinderella story which you see a lot of in just any soap opera that you watch from Korea. So I guess it was nothing that groundbreaking for them to really watch. But some people really enjoyed it from what I read online. That's interesting because it was like a
3: I mean, box that-
0: office smash here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I know. And and like that does make so much sense. I was even thinking about this when I was rewatching today because I was thinking like if I was a citizen in Singapore, I'd be like, fuck these people. I hope none of them are happy. I hope none of them get together. <laughs> like I, ha- I have to go to work every day. I have to like, <laughs> and these people can just buy a hotel and they can be like, oh yeah, I'm just comfortable. I'd be like, I hate you all i hope none of you end up together <laughs> <laughs> well another thing is this movie <laughs>
2: is set in singapore but you know singapore is not only consists of chinese singaporeans there are many yeah. many different singaporeans such as the the, the indian singaporeans and uh, whatever that's more indigenous Um, even though the Chinese Singaporeans make up about 70% of the population, which are the majorities, and they're usually the ones with money. So yeah, it only accentuated the Chinese Asians in general. I mean, Chinese rich Asians in general. So I guess that that may have something to do with that.
1: So, know. like, <clears throat> comparatively, this is sort of like if we watched, like, a movie where, like, I mean, and there's no way to directly compare, obviously, but, like, some, like, uh, descendant of the Vanderbilts goes to Australia and meets, like, a, uh, I mean, she's a fucking NYU professor, like, she's earning an okay salary, you know, but, like, and it's like, oh, um, let's go home to meet my family, and then she finds out that they're, like, super, super mega 1% rich, and then has a little bit of drama, but then, hooray! they have their happy ending and we would all be like what the fuck who
0: cares (laughs) (laughs) it seems like it's part of my like worry is that it's part of kind of this like i don't know like identitarian trend in representation where it's like hollywood will be like we did the asian movie we cast all the asian people we put them all in one movie and and now there's your movie you know like and, and that's, that's great and all, but also like, I want to see Constance Wu, like headlining a rom-com that doesn't have to just be like, given that elevator pitch of like, what, what if we just got a bunch of Asian actors together in a rom-com? You know, I want to, s- <laughs> does that make any sense? I just like, I, 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 my hope is that this movie would lead to all of these actors getting to, you know, be in starring or, or top supporting roles in a bunch of other film projects. But my fear mm-hmm. is that they'll all just make two sequels to this movie, and then Hollywood will move on.
1: Yeah, this. Well, Hollywood keep has padding is has been patting itself on the back about this because even in like what the first three sentences of the wiki article I'm looking at now. Wait, it's yeah, it is the third sentence. It brags. It is the first film by a major Hollywood studio to feature a majority cast of Asian descent in a modern setting since the fucking Joy Luck Club in 19-fucking-93. Oh <laughs> I added the fuckings in there, but- um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I was just, Add them to some Wikipedia. Some editor was <laughs> really editorializing there.
1: Jesus Christ. And we've got like what? Um, the the movie- uh, what. I've only seen it written down, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Minari this year about like Mm -hmm. Korean immigrants to the United Uh States or like is it, it got like shafted off into the the foreign language category at the Oscars, even though it's literally made all by American people in English, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, or it has like some subtitled scenes, but like, yeah, so Hollywood is definitely still super racist and full of bullshit. (laughs)
2: Yes, I think,
1: yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, me being very Americanized, uh, you know, a lot of people consider me GyoPo, even though. I am actually Korean national. Kyopo is a word for like a Korean American. Um, that Koreans say. But anyway, I think that it's it's great that they have a movie that's all casted by kiss. A- I mean, it casts all the Asian people talking about Asian culture, even though it's that of a top one percenters, but it still means something to have that kind of representation, even though it may be shallow and cliche. But to Asians living in Asia, it's like not a big deal. <laughs> so I think it's yeah. really interesting. So <laughs> my thoughts on that movie is a little different from what I've seen from most Koreans or other Chinese or a Malaysian or Singaporean people that I've talked to about that movie. Like, I think it's positive and it's fun. You just can't take it too seriously.
1: I do have to say, also, I mean, I, I loved it too. I'm just going hard because you know, they're, because Hollywood is super racist and as you know, white people, I think we should be like really fucking flogging them on That as much as possible because, like, come the fuck on, everybody. Everybody in this movie is so fucking hot. It is ludicrous, and they all should gorgeous. be cast in They're like so a hot. bazillion other projects. Yeah, I'm weird.
2: in Astrid accent. accent. It just it just is. Killed me. She's a <laughs> living goddess. I was like, I was like, wow, that woman is gorgeous and Nick Young. Wow, he's handsome and I was meeting age, and reading, I didn't
1: reading, know half these actors. Like reading the book, I was like, who the fuck are they going to cast to play Astrid? Because she is like. The ridiculous, like, she's so perfect that, like, you know, and then, like, holy shit, like, that actress, like,
0: was that perfect. It was, like, believable, mm-hmm. which was insane. <laughs> It's funny to hear you say, Hannah, that like uh, you find Astrid like untouchably like gorgeous and cool and like interesting, because mm-hmm. when I watch the movie i'm I'm like Astrid reminds me of Hannah <laughs> Like, like <laughs> in so my flattered. social world, like you are my my Astrid.
2: Oh, I'm so flattered. That's like the best compliment I have gotten this year. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that really makes me happy. Between I'll Jen's work. intro and me saying that, this is just like a self-esteem, the podcast, and I'm... Oh my I'm, god, I love it. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> 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 um,
2: but yeah, uh, about the cast too, I think they did a good job with Constance Wu being Rachel because we all know her from other movies and she's a great actress and she is petite. She's like 5'3 and I think she's more relatable as a Cinderella in this story, whereas everybody else looks like supermodels, you know? Even the mother-in-law. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh. Oh
1: my god. Like, what would you, Mm -hmm. like, I would just turn to dust if, like, Michelle Yeoh (laughs) glared at me like she does (laughs) at Constance Wu in that first (laughs) scene. Jesus Christ. (laughs)
3: I think, I feel like Constance Wu was so perfect in this role. You're right, Hannah, because like, she's beautiful, yes, but she also has this very like, I don't know, this kind of rod of like power inside her that makes Mm -hmm. her like, you can really believe that she's going to burst into this um, really difficult world and just kind of like, make it and like thrive. Because, like, I mean, in almost every other movie or show that she's been in, like, Fresh Off the Boat, etc., she is the same. Like, she has this kind of, like, power to her and just this kind of, like, determination um, that makes her feel very, like, you know, she's very sweet looking and cute, but she's also very earnest and, like, Mm -hmm. is not willing to back down from a fight. And that's, like, I... I I first saw this movie at like a midnight showing with my mom and the Mahjong scene was so good. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie because it's so it's, it's filmed so well and it shows Rachel and the mom going like head to head in such a cool way And there's so many layers to it. And I think that Constance and Michelle were like the only two actresses that could have done it as well as they did. Yeah, totally. I don't even understand how mahjongs are
2: played, but I was like buying it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same! (laughs) That shit was like watching like Casino Royale, where like Mads yes. and Daniel Craig are glaring at each other. But like I honestly, and like Constance Wu had already turned down Henry Golding by that point. But you're like, holy fuck! Like just watching those two go back and forth, like I it was the same tension as watching some of Michelle Yeoh's like wire kung fu movies from like you know a decade or so ago. I was like, holy shit! Like they are fighting. <laughs> And that's just because of those two women, you know, not because of like, like, you know, yeah. Constance Wu needs to do an action movie soon if she hasn't. But anyway, Samantha, please talk about about Casino (laughs) Rihanna.
2: Oh, panic! About the wire food thing too, like, you know, Michelle Yeoh is really well known by her action movies in the West. And it was good to see Asian people not doing any martial arts (laughs) in the Hollywood movie. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just like, this is a family drama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, but she God, but she had the uh as Sadie said, the backbone. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Were there any martial arts in the movie within the movie at the beginning? I'm trying to remember what yes. kind of movie that was supposed to was, be.
3: I think so.
1: Oh. Was there? Yeah, I, th- I left that. It's only like, it flashes by in like probably a single second. Um, One of the cousins, Alistair, is a movie producer in Taiwan. And he has this oh, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kitty Pong, who he basically is financing these movies just to give her like the girl role, you know? Oh, my God.
2: That (laughs) reminded me of the early days of Mila Jovovich and her husband, director.
1: (gasps) Right? Except, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I have been talking about this. I love her. (laughs) I've been talking about this all week because uh, since new Mortal Kombat came out, you all know Mila Jovovich married... Paul W.S. Anderson, who she met making the Resident Evil movies, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And he he's was the director of the the 95 Mortal Kombat and stuff, right? And now I follow her on Instagram and they have birthed three little clones of Mila Jovovich, which is like Aww. kind of the ideal situation there. Yeah. But like, yeah. But should the Resident Evil movies have... Like, that series have carried on as long as it did? I don't know, but...
0: <laughs> Isn't she also cloned in the series itself? So oh my God. like Wasn't
1: she a clone at the start of the series, too? I think so.
0: <laughs> I feel like, to be fair to Mila Jovovich, let's say she probably has a few more brain cells than uh, than Kitty Pong. <laughs>
1: I do think she does. And she is, and I'm, but it is just astounding how much all of her three children look exactly like her. It is fucking nuts. Oh, but Kitty Pong, though, canonically in the movie, Oliver, our rainbow sheep, who he is, he's also not, um, Beloved of the young family because he's gay, but he found himself like a super um, important niche to fill. He does like something in their business. I don't think they really specify it in the movie, and I can't remember exactly what it is. He is the
0: fixer, he is like the Michael Clayton of his family. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle Yao is like, get rid of this person. And he's like, I'm going to do it in a very gay way. I am just going to like eliminate this person from the family.
1: And he did. He aims Kitty Pong at Bernard, um, the organizer of the worst bachelor party that we all can ever imagine. And it works perfectly. For their purposes, I think it got more complicated in the. Uh, I think in the second book, it was really. I can't even remember what happened. Honestly, I'm trying to think if like Bernard might be like like a little trans egg. I'm not certain. He got a lot of plastic surgery and turned to Christ and was like uh, keeping his child he had with Kitty Pong away from Kitty Pong. It got super wild, but it's really? been like a little
0: while since I've read the book, so I don't entirely remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sadie, I wanted to ask you what it was like to. We've talked on this podcast before about how rom com budgets just tanked since the 90s. What it was like to, uh, in low the year 2018, see an extravagant amount of money poured into a rom com again.
3: I'm so glad that you asked me this question, Samantha. So, um, I, well, first of all, I don't actually classify Crazy Rich Asians as a rom-com entirely because the question is never whether or not Rachel and Nick love each other it's more so like a family comedy drama I mean it's very romantic and there's that you know beautiful scene where you know Nick con- confesses his love to her and or um, asks her to marry him in the in the plane I should say um, but it's mostly about her relationship with the family and like her own upbringing and then the mother as like kind of the figurehead of of this family that she's trying to enter into. Um, and so I think it's not entirely a rom-com by my definition. However, I was so happy to see this movie happening <laughs> because I it, it's definitely like a movie that hadn't been made in a long time, like just focusing on like feelings and love and family relationships. Like it feels very Family Stone-esque In that way. Um, And to give such a big budget to it. I mean, it was just like a joy to watch in the theater. Like when my mom and I were watching it, we were just like, ooh, ah, 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 like the whole time we were just like, we were gooped and gagged. Um so I just I want I want more movies about love in in Hollywood. I want I want diverse movies about love and and falling in love and family and all of that. So long story short, yes, I loved it. It was
0: great. Hannah, what is your favorite rom-com? Oh well, I was
3: it's just thinking that. that
2: yeah it's interesting that you don't said you don't consider this quite the rom-com because it's more of a family drama and I hear you in the sense of American culture but in Asian culture, like family is such a huge deal that mm-hmm. I think that Korean or any Asian people watching this will probably just consider this as a rom com because when you marry somebody, you marry into their family is what they think and how you know Asian people think that family is part of the rom- romance basically.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so.
1: Damn. That also, like, I have been... Your family are some wild ones, Hannah, because Mm -hmm. they accepted Joe and then us so so readily with such loving arms, you know? Oh, my God. Your mom, like, literally is like, come into my
3: arms now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like are you all serious like like you know and and you were like you were like yeah well asian people like they're not too big sometimes korean people on like unnaturally dyed hair but they love your hair jennifer truly because like they say it looks bright like you and i was like are you serious and then your mom is like come here bitch you know (laughs) she would never (laughs) she would never say that but like that's the attitude (laughs)
2: <laughs> they adore you, Jen.
1: They they still talk about you all the time. And- That's wild. I talk about them all the time too. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mutual adoration society hannah what was what was joe's Mm -hmm. process like sorry i've decided i'm barbara walters and i'm just gonna ask like really searching questions but like oh yeah what was joe's (laughs) process like of becoming part of your family
2: i think he was at first mortified to meet my dad because he had a little bit of idea about asian culture being somewhat different and so and also there's language barrier dad doesn't speak good english my uh joe doesn't speak a word in korean at that time he didn't and i mean he's still sort of that i mean he still has a ways to go to learn korean but <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> i sense you being kind in case he listens to the podcast <laughs> Let's be honest, he, he can't say more than like 10 words, right?
2: Oh, actually, he's come a long way. His he, Korean has improved, but uh, it, it's it's my fault too because I should be teaching in Korean, but I'm just like the worst teacher when it comes to teaching. <laughs> I'm not a, like, <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I'm not the worst teacher, but I mean, you just don't teach your spouse how to drive or, you know, you, you don't teach your spouse a new language. It's just that's a recipe for disaster. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I just get impatient. I just speak English, so. Oh, God. It kind of was when Joe was trying to teach Hannah how to drive in America. That actually was a disaster because Hannah was like, Joe, shut the fuck up. Whenever Joe would try to <laughs> <laughs> get <like> her action. <laughs> <laughs> so it did better when I came over and because I was like, oh, Hannah, no, it's so easy. You just like, if you need to like reach for your cup or something, you just move your hand here. And Hannah's like, oh, that's great. That's perfect. Okay. I understand it. Whatever, Joe. But you know, that like they love each other and they're perfect, you know, but you just don't, you don't necessarily you- try to give instructions to your spouse. <laughs> You know, when
2: you when you are too close to each other, I feel like your spouse becomes you. I, that's for me anyways. um it may vary by different people, but like I consider Joe an extension of myself. I I think he's me and he's you know and I am him so it's like trying to teach myself something new and I just or trying to learn something that's like trying to, trying to learn something like a driving from another person who's six feet two but who's also you and like, and you just like I don't know you just lose patience so it's a little <laughs> bit hard <laughs> <laughs> if I was teach if I was teaching a Korean language I, if I was teaching Korean language to Samantha Jennifer or I'll be more patient because I'm like, okay, I gotta be polite. You know, I don't want to piss him off. I mean, I gotta be polite (laughs) to my husband too, but it's just really... (laughs) No, no. (laughs) no I'm trying to put it nicely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, we love you, except not really because you made us watch Legends of the Fall.
1: (laughs) Actually, I mean, I had a good time. I'm really glad we had to listen to Sadie's description of Legends of the Fall. So I think it was all to the good.
3: (laughs) So You know what, Joe? Some crimes can't be forgiven. (laughs) I I forgot that I had to do that.
1: (laughs) Sadie's emphasis on where they uh they traveled to Canada so that they could be conscripted <laughs> in a World War one was <laughs> I didn't even like notice that that happened when I was watching the movie because of all the swelling strings but then I was like, oh my god, they really did that didn't they That's why Anthony Hopkins was mad and <laughs> And it all made so much more sense when somebody you know, else summarized it.
0: There <laughs> must have been something in the water because uh when I was so this is random, but I'm reading an out of print biography of the Oklahoma business tycoon who invented the shopping cart, and he also like joined World War One while he was a minor, just like because he got really invested in the politics of it all um, like. <laughs> God. That must have been some propaganda effort to convince a bunch of, like, 17-year-old American boys that they needed to go, like, fight the Kaiser's naked aggression or whatever, as though it, like, had any impact on what was happening. That's (laughs) disturbing.
1: (laughs) <laughs> See, the internet is bad in some ways, but it's better in that like 17-year-olds just don't don't go fight a war you have nothing to do with. Like just <laughs> d- just don't war. Let's not war.
0: I'm picturing talking to like a 17-year-old Twitch streamer today and trying to be like the Kaiser committed an act of naked aggression and <laughs> they'd be like, "Cool." <laughs> Anyway, shall we talk about some of the romantic options in Crazy Rich Asians? Are we... Because I was confused a little bit by trying, not that we haven't bent the format of this podcast <laughs> a million times, but she never really has another option besides Nick, so.
1: I mean, sort of maybe I talk mean, about all the relationships, and then we can get flexible, do a rundown. Sadie, leave I mean,
3: the I could, okay, always- or Hannah. <laughs> Hannah, please uh, go. Can I Please say Before we move
2: on, I just want to say I love Joe so much. He's the love of my life. I'm, <laughs> we're hard on each the other from time to time. Um, I just, I just want everybody want that on to know record. That. There are no hard feelings when I
0: say those things.
3: About <laughs> <No. laughs>
2: oh, Anna This is, Yeah,
3: you.
0: We're, you're amazing. We're obsessed with you. We're obsessed with Joe.
1: I'm related to you, but you two are my OTP. Like it's true, What's it and we be? haven't even talked about. Oh, uh, that's a it's a fanfic term, like one one true pair, one true pairing. Oh. You know, it's like you're like, oh, like you know the um, oh. like the little crown descends
0: from the heavens on a couple. You know? I want a rom com oh. about you two, <laughs>
1: right?
0: Like- <laughs> Joe is an accidental international male model. You were like a, like a international fashion designer. Like, and how did you meet? I've heard this story before, but let's, let's get it on the record. Uh,
2: from my point of view.
0: Yes. I've literally never heard your POV Hannah. Yeah. Let's go. Now Hannah's setting the record straight.
1: Well, I think Uh-oh. I have, but then that was the night that we were like clinging to each other and being like, You're my best friend, regardless of when you were in love with my brother or not. We were both really drunk, and like Uh, I don't remember, so please, on the record. What we said were all true,
2: (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) I was was going to Parsons, majoring in fashion design back in the days, and I had all kinds of model friends, of course, and one of my model friends, Shihan... He's Taiwanese. Um, he was in the same agency as Joe and they were in same show for that New York Fashion Week. I think it was Robert Geller. And there was an after party in the evening in Tribeca and Jihan invited me to the party. And I went there and there was Joe. And if you all know Joe, you know, he's a little bit more quiet and reserved. At first, until you really cracked the shell of his. But by the time I got there, he was kind of tipsy. So
1: (laughs) he was really (laughs) chatty. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so I started talking to him and we cracked some jokes and I thought he was a cutie and he probably thought so too about me. And, and I don't know if he exchanged numbers, but that was the early days of the Facebook. So we Facebook friends friended each other and we started talking and, and Joe being the homebody, he wasn't the one who initiated to hang out first but it was me because i'm always like oh let's hang out let's do this let's do that so i was like oh let's go blah, 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 let's do this and so we met up and at some bar in soho and and our friend was a bartender so we sat at the bar he kept giving us free drinks and <laughs> and we had some staring contests had some goofy remarks and yeah that was it
1: <laughs> okay <clears throat> what Hannah is leaving out here that I know from, you know, having studied her history is that she was an extreme modelizer before Jim. Oh, like <laughs>
3: scandal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like. It, girl, like burned through a lot of them, uh, because and I know this <laughs> because we caught an Uber. Um, well, what? But they, no, that was we were in a fucking liter- legitimate taxi. This was pre-Uber, <clears throat> where this uh, poor like Russian model girl was begging Hannah to tell her the secret of how like how Joe won Hannah's heart because she was like, I'm so afraid my boyfriend's going to dump me, and I just want to be like you and Joe, like. And it was like the whole ride. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, because this was when like I met Hannah and I went and was like in a taxi ride with her. Anyway, it was, you know, just the legends, the fallness of it all. Joe gave her the like little hat tip uh, (laughs) with
0: the the water sprinkling off. (laughs) You know, I know this is not technically true. But my my stereotype of Joe is that, like, thing amazing things just, like, happen to Joe. You know, like, he'll be sitting around and Jennifer will, like, accidentally make him an international male model. And then he'll just be, like, sitting at an after party in Tribeca or something. And then suddenly, like, a literal goddess will, like, walk into his life and be like, you're mine forever now. Like, but he... I, I know this is just my stereotype of Joe, right, Jen? Like he he has like an intentionality in his oh, um, his life and a will. No, no, no. Yeah,
1: yeah. Samantha, Samantha, <laughs> Samantha knows Joe. Okay, now I'm going to I'm going off off of a rom com book here and talking about Crazy Rich Asians to talk about the night because it came up in my Facebook memories the other uh, day that. It has been eight years this week since Samantha and I met each other. And Samantha came back to my place. And Joe was also here then, lived in the in the same place. And uh, they sit down and start to play Halo together. And Samantha is playing Halo and is like just the best fucking Halo player of all time. Like just like demolishing everything through. And then Joe is like, no, no, Samantha. Like we've got to get both warthogs through this little space in the glitch to get into the next and then if we do this the warthogs will both appear in the next part like we've got to do it Samantha we got to do it. And Samantha was like weirdly charmed by Joe's like uh, determination to force the warthog through
0: this glitch in the system. (laughs) We got that jeep really deep into that
2: alien facility. (laughs) You were a dream team you were a dream team together
1: (laughs) yes and I guess that that's just just Joe um, you know, war hogging through life. <laughs>
0: So, is that the metaphor? Then, it, like at first, Joe seems like like uh, maybe quiet and a little aimless, but uh, you scratch under the surface, and and he wants he really does want things like you know to marry Hannah or to get a a three D uh, car into a <laughs> tiny tunnel.
1: Yeah, I think he never wants the. And this is me like speaking now before Hannah, his his literal wife and life partner and mother of his child speaks but i am going to say having seen the that man um as a baby get fucking pissed off because mom was trying to potty train him with that little like baby toilet you know and like he because he knew everybody else was sitting on the big toilet you know
0: and uh joe is gonna hate (laughs) listening to that.
1: (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I just walked out and saw him. He goes to the, there were three floors in our parents' house, right? And the steepest was going down to the basement. And I just walk over and he didn't tell me he was going to fucking do this. I just saw him in the act. Like, this is probably like two-year-old Joe, whatever. They're trying to potty train him. And he just hurl the plastic baby toilet down the stairs like nothing in it he was just like this is bullshit like how dare you expect me to go potty in this fucking baby toilet
2: <laughs> that sums him up
1: that yeah, is him. and i
2: mean mm-hmm.
1: yeah and he seems like an easy one guy but that's him
2: <laughs> no that that's what this guy's. He looks like an easygoing guy, but deep down, he's got a really strong backbone and he can be
3: stubborn, very strong-willed. Much like Constance Wu as as Rachel Chu in <laughs> Crazy Rich Asian. <laughs> Sadie, exactly. you brought us back.
0: Joe, Joe somewhere is like, thank God they're not talking about my body training
3: anymore. <laughs>
0: we'll circle
3: back, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> um so let's yeah up. let's let's do some ships let's spin some people off with each other
3: well i'm ready to come in hot and say astrid should get with a woman and if she can't get Woo. with rachel chu then she should get with um aquafina's character her name is her name <sighs> is slipping from my brain hey glenn, hey, glenn. yeah mm-hmm. but they are uh, they would be together. They would be perfect together. God I damn. just want to say,
1: you've changed the whole movie for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, and if they make
2: the sequel, I want to see Aquafina say "pock pock bitch." Was that what, what was that
1: she said? <laughs> Remember the scene? <sighs> I the did. It. Oh my god, because that's where Aquafina <laughs> goes into all of the. She's like listing all of the shit that the mother would think about her, and then she gets into the slurs, and then she's like. Oh, are you a chicken, bok bok bitch? (laughs) Like, damn. And and Constance Wu, Rachel Chu is like, no, I'm not a fucking chicken. Like, yeah. (laughs) And there we go. (laughs) I I I just kept rewinding that part. It was just too funny.
0: Sadie, I see your Astrid, uh, Astrid Aquafina, and I raise you, Astrid and Kitty Pong. I just like have (laughs) a thing with really airheaded people.
3: <laughs> well that would get that would be saucy. Samantha, you've cracked it.
0: <laughs> and I feel like Oliver could just convince her to go to Astrid for Astrid in like five seconds. Yeah. could be like, you know who's even richer than that guy? Astrid. <laughs>
2: And you you don't have to deal with a dickhead.
0: Do we have more alternate pairings? Well, what do we think of the core relationship? Let's start there. Do we like it? Do we think it's lasting? And do we think that they can get past the betrayal of him not like disclosing this huge part of his life? Before the events of the movie.
3: I'm I'm just kind of shocked that it hadn't come up before. Like yes. well, first of all, she she met Astrid before. She'd met her before. So I don't know how she could have not like like if I met Astrid for two seconds, I'd be like, oh, this person is a billionaire. Like this there's no way that this person has ever worked. Like, like, I I just feel like Astrid just radiates like goddess, you know, like covers her face in like gold powder every night as like a face treatment. Um, So I just find it odd that it had never come up before, or like he didn't kind of evade the truth a couple times about it. Um... But I think my my not my problem with rom coms like this, but like my personal preferences are that I I like watching movies where you see them like meet, because I think that that's so fun. And so we didn't Mm -hmm. we never even get kind of backstory as to Mm -hmm. like how they met kind of their love story before the movie. So I think I would have liked to have seen that, like maybe a flashback or something just to kind of give you more motivation for them. But I will say that I think- Yeah, to engage us a little more- Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that Constance and Henry do a great job of like making you invested, but I could have been more.
0: And I I needed I wanted more. Jen, Hannah, thoughts on the the central <laughs> relationship? I mean, that's a really valid point. It's like, okay, here are they. They love each
1: other and <laughs> <laughs> Thank And you, go. Yeah, you're sort of like okay. Rachel is interesting, and Nick is super hot. Go, oh yeah, (laughs) and like, but their their chemistry was really great. But that, that, and this is what I was trying because, of course. This is not like a, you know, a very good other guy candidate movie, you know, that there's... So I was trying to think of like, I guess, reasons to argue that Nick, Nick is bad. And Nick fucking sucked for like not, you know, dating her for a year and falling in love and not telling her about his family. That sucks to start with. But inviting her to go back home and scheduling her for a whole trip... And, like, not telling her appropriately what to wear or how to meet his family, that really does suck. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and I didn't like that he, you know, like, let her go off um, on the trip with Araminta. And I mean, and I guess he wasn't, you know, fully aware, but he should have had some fucking idea of how she would be received there. You know, that's kind of cruel. To let her go off with no preparation into that situation where she finds like not only a fish, but an enormous fish like gutted on her bed. And somebody wrote gold digger in the blood, (laughs) like on the head. Like that was, ooh, yeah. And, you know, I know Nick is kind of like the, he's the golden boy of his family. He's who the grandmother wants to inherit the business But the family is kind of viewing his time in New York as sort of his little rebellion. But he's going to come back into the fold. And they're seeing Rachel as part of that, you know? I want this
0: scene of the bridesmaids gutting the fish. Why wasn't that (laughs)
1: shown? You know, I wondered about that. I was like, did they do that themselves? Or did they hire somebody to do it? Because Oh, they most definitely hire somebody. Yeah, what about their (laughs) manicures? Like, what? yeah, Jesus!
2: Uh, it would have been hilarious. If they hire somebody to do it, but whoever did it like
1: misspelled everything. <laughs> they're like, "How do you spell gold digger?" Like, <laughs> I would actually. That would have been a great fucking scene. These poor people mm-hmm. working at the like gold. They're like looking. Do you trust Google Translate? Like, is this how it looks? Like, okay, or, we or, put or it better. Li- <laughs> Yeah, we're better
2: yet. These people are like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of these rich people like, ask- telling us to do all of these things. I'm going to misspell it on purpose. Gold
0: Duggar. Uh, not, don't bring the Duggars into this. Sorry.
3: I oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I um I have another uh unexpected gay turn to throw into crazy rich Asians. What is the what is the um the groom's name?
1: Uh, Colin. Colin Coop. Colin.
0: Colin, yeah. Yeah. So when Colin and Nick like take the little helicopter to that little like atoll or whatever. <sighs> I feel like that's a perfect setting for them to be I like, mean. let's give each other oh, yeah. hand jobs. No <laughs> one has to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're here all alone on our helicopter island, and we can just do this and then fly back and never tell anyone. <laughs> Um, but that's just the start of a lifelong relationship. Yeah, like a broke back mountain.
3: Uh, uh, they should be situation. in a polycule. Here's my ne- <laughs> the next evolution of, of this is polycule, where they they're all four just kind of like mishmash.
0: <laughs> Sadie's like, everyone in this movie is so hot it needs to just become an orange. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do you do you remember that um I think it was the Onion or Reductress, the headline was like, Help, this polycule is quickly taking over the entire Seattle population. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm trying to do with the crazy rich Asians cast. <laughs> oh. And then all the
1: all the Singaporean Chinese elders are like, no, no, God, what is happening to our family lines? And it's all just like a giant polycule. Yeah.
0: Michelle Yeoh's Bible study is just like, the polycule is just like surrounding the Bible study and they're just like saying the Lord's Prayer to try to hold it at bay, but they keep losing members of the Bible study to the polycule. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because they're all trying to get to Michelle Yeoh, who is like, obviously the goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians 3. That's what happens in the book, Jen. you <laughs> If you had read it. <laughs> Damn,
2: I missed it all. <laughs> now I gotta
0: read <laughs> Hannah, do you have any pairings you want to propose, any alternates or perhaps sequel material that you would want to see? Um,
2: I mean, you guys pretty much covered. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, you guys already mentioned Alistair, Bernard. Oh, and who? Uh, who's that guy? Astrid's
1: ex-husband? Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, name? yeah. Is it Eddie? Or, Michael? No, Eddie is one of the questions. Michael. Michael's his name. Michael. Yeah, I want, yeah,
2: I want to see him. Um. I want to see him burn.
0: <laughs> but I don't know about <laughs> 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 Do we know if Oliver finds love in... In future oh, books, I don't know.
1: Yeah, he didn't buy the second book, I don't think, but he re- or maybe he did, but it was just so like tangentially, like, oh, Oliver and his husband, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I never, I've never seen it on screen I don't think.
0: I would like to just take a second to say Nico Santos is amazing and, uh, and you can see him on Superstore which I really uh, enjoy parts of and he's great in this movie and I hope that he's in more movies and I hope that they give mm-hmm. him love instead of just having him fix everyone else's problems.
2: Exactly. I want him to be, I want him, to, I want to see him in roles where he's not the typical like queer eye guy who does makes the makeovers and stuff and-, and do the stereotypical gay role. It-, it would be nice to see him just
1: be himself carrying on. just just normal, like doing his thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Even not normal. I would like to see him. I would like to see his perspective of this, this movie where he has, but he's got his own love going on the side with his crazy rich Asian family. And he's like, fuck like it- it's like, ugh. Sorry, baby. I've got to go fix a problem for my Auntie Eleanor. And then he <laughs> does. And then he's like, well, what the fuck? Nick got engaged to this peasant bitch. You all can accept my gayness. And like, you know, like, has. Yeah, exactly. Normal <laughs> meaning as in like a yeah. multi
2: dimensional character nest and just uh, what's on the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be cool.
1: He kind of, yeah. He gave the rainbow sheep line. But God, he, he was awesome. I yeah. found
0: the f- the found family dynamic with him and Aquafina very, very fun. I sort of liked that friendship more than I liked the core romance mm-hmm. of the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were um, they were insinuating the Aquafina of uh, Haglin is gay too, right? I
0: thought so. I wanted to ask because about they... that. Because your mom said, Ellen I lie. sent
2: my daughter, yeah, exactly, I sent my daughter to New York, she became the Asian Ellen DeGeneres, so mm-hmm. I wonder if that had anything to do and with that. And that
3: can't just all be the hair. It can't all be about no.
2: the hair. No, no, mm-hmm, no. I kind of ship Pickling and Araminta. Oh, and that'd be
0: interesting. The- oh. <laughs>
3: A home wrecker situation, lawyer, <laughs> and <laughs> well, you know
2: <laughs> that might be really I, nice and feisty. <laughs> I
0: feel like I feel like Aquafina would just make fun of her because she's all like, yes. "Let's find our bliss at the like spiritual retreat," and Pequen would just be like roasting her <laughs> the entire time. But, but that could work. I
1: think that. Araminta maybe needs that. And maybe while um, N- Colin and Nick are all finding their Australian bliss, maybe <laughs> <laughs> Paiklin and Araminta, maybe Paiklin is showing Araminta a new way to be.
0: Maybe they're gutting the proverbial fish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they're like, ha, ha ha no one will ever suspect us. And then they just wreak havoc <laughs> over the entire Singaporean and social scene, and then they just flee together. Well, Araminta
2: <laughs> being the angry, somewhat angry and somewhat scheming character, and serious character, and Paeklyn is the funny one, and Taklin keeps making fun of Araminta, and she'll be mad, and they'll have angry sex, and yeah, I see they're
1: <laughs> Angry, like they gut a fish, <laughs> and then they go like... Um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh,
2: God! Not that angry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, and now I'm only now thinking my brain that I've killed too many cells of. Okay. So in the book... They made way much more of, and it was like way toned down in the movie. But that girl who was super nice to Rachel on the girls get bachelorette getaway, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even remember her name right now, but the one who was like, oh, this dress looks so good on you. And then is like talking to her while they're on the massage table. And Rachel thinks she can trust her for a minute is Nick's high school ex-girlfriend who thought she was going to grow up to marry could, Nick. Yeah.
3: I could see some, some tension happening there. That's not just mm-hmm. hostile, and, like,
1: <laughs> and it was wait, like nasty in the book. She was trying to take her down, but what if she just wait? Isn't that Aramenta mm, No, Ar- is the girl who's uh, getting married. Oh, Amanda! Oh, I'm sorry, I ex- had it completely girlfriend.
2: wrong. I was talking, I was pairing Amanda and Pequin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, all right,
0: oh, I can shit. see that. That's now a I'm Yana very on board.
2: Yes okay they meet at My the apologies. wedding We're and they're both the kind wrong. of
0: like they're
1: uh th- both their schemes have been slightly foiled i mean but peglin's like just happy to be there you know but they're like i feel like peglin would be like hey and amanda would be like Ugh. and peglin yes. like, hey again let's go dance <laughs> and then dot 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 magic <laughs> might happen <laughs>
0: How does Pigleen have so much like amazing dresses when all she wears are like amazing like pantsuits? She just seemed to have a good gay point. Maybe it's like her pre-coming out clothes or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her mom keep buying the new stuff in her size each season. Wow, that really tracks oh my god, the Paiklin is gay like stuff is like coming at us so hard that somehow in
0: Paiklin's closet are these dresses that Paiklin would never wear Oh, Hannah, missed Mm -hmm. opportunity here. You should see the other dress as a a clothing designer and fashion guru, what is your favorite wardrobe moment in this movie?
2: (gasps) Anything that Astrid wore, I mean they were great and... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you are such a you love the Astrid like those deconstructed like the, the boxy body and then the skirt at the bottom like you know like it's been Hannah's design the whole time
2: holy shit yes and and of course um, Eleanor Michelle Ye's yeah, outfits are just really graceful and just appropriate nothing groundbreaking but just you know just really fitting to her character and I have to say Rachel's outfits they were they left a little to be desired in my opinion. <laughs> because I, <laughs> her dress that she wore to the wedding and her hairdo yeah. is supposed to be very pretty and everybody was like, Wow, who are you? She's like, You're my in you're in my way. Move. And then she just went in. But that dress was very much uh, I don't know, like it looked really a pedestrian Rodart knockoff to me. And <laughs> and that hairdo just I, it's, it, it was just not not the best hairdo it was it was too close to her skull too flat and i mean she's beautiful give her something more more with volume in her hair and that dress could use at least like 10 yard 10 more yards of tool
0: yeah, you want to know how i know yes. i don't have taste <laughs> i my favorite dress <laughs> in the entire movie is it's that it's like from the montage scene and she it's like it kind of looks like it's got Skittles, like big Skittles all over it. It's I think it has like a blue base and then it's just very colorful, kind of like like a Katy Perry music video kind of look almost. Um I really loved that and then they cut to like Aquafina and Nico Santos and they're both like vomit, you look like <laughs> garbage. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, a, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Was it the clown tampon one or the one? Yes, that I think it was. Cl- okay, or no? Oh, wait, cl- no. Yeah. Wait. It was not or clown tampon. Like, it was uh, after chlamydia became like um. Ooh, was yeah. Bloody yeah. Ebola. Yes. Bloody yes,
0: yes, Ebola.
3: Yeah. Ebola. That,
1: that was Ebola. my favorite.
3: <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> I thought so all yeah, of those yeah, dresses bad you taste. Know that is
1: also like high fashion as fuck.
3: Like yes.
2: That looked more couture to me than
3: that baby blue dress that needed a lot more fabric. Yeah, Yeah. like Like basic
1: ass bullshit. It -hmm.
3: didn't, it it had like a weird color to it. It felt like if I just threw a white dress into the laundry with like a bunch of blue and like gray items and then it just turned kind of like a (laughs) a, kind of a, a weird color. I don't know. It just... It felt kind of like a prom dress that I definitely saw at my prom in high school. <laughs> kind of thing. It didn't it didn't wow me. Like a lot of other people were wearing really cool dresses. I feel yeah. like sometimes um Hannah, you might be able to back me up on this, unless I'm wrong, in which case don't. <laughs> but I I feel like I they'll have like these big makeover scenes in movies and then the person will always come out in like the most boring outfit that doesn't really look good. And it's like, well, all that build up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I
2: did like the color, that blue color on her, but mm. yeah, it's it just, the hair dude just killed it for me. It's just, oh, that dress is such a goddess cut and it's very traditional and gave her that prom
1: hairdo. <laughs> it was! Uh. It was a fucking prom hairdo. What if she had like huge hair and like Hannah said had like 10 yards of fucking fabric train that she has like trouble maneuvering around with, like that would be, that would be the fucking shit. (laughs) Yeah, that would be it. Yes, damn!
2: I almost liked the little sequin cocktail dress that she wore.
1: Yeah, before. with the first oh, party. At the party. Yeah, that's I my. Like that that's one my, a lot. Like, I would wear that one. What you know? Yeah. Like that. That was pretty cool.
2: And I actually liked the one with a sequin hands on her chest area i thought that was really whimsical (laughs) may not be the best one for somebody's wedding but (laughs) i I just like it personally
1: that would be kind of amazing though if she walked into this wedding where she knew she was not wanted by the family and was like hey bitch with the hands on her titties (laughs) that would be bold (laughs) yeah Ooh. she was not i like um uh though peck lynn rolling up though and i did like that i think in the book peck lynn just dropped her off at the the original party mm-hmm. after and i liked that the addition that uh aquafina came to the party and was sort of giving commentary throughout you know and I just love that part where Aquafina rolls in in this goddamn car that looks like a Hot Wheels, you know, painted in a color of nail polish, and uh, <laughs> and then is dazzled by these other people's richness. And then when she gets like invited by Rachel, sort of after the fact, like Nick's like, "Oh yeah, you can come too." She, and Rachel's like, you have a cocktail dress in your trunk? And uh, she's like, I'm not an animal, Rachel. <laughs> 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 you know, and you might as well keep a cocktail dress in your trunk at all times,
0: because who the fuck knows yeah. <laughs> where the evening will take you. <laughs> Wisdom from you should see the other guy. Shall As we approach the 90 minute mark, shall we rate? I've got to run along to an open house. Isn't that fun? I'm not buying a house. My brother is and I- uh, oh, You're going to go give him- Um, You need to go be the rainbow sheep, Samantha. Indeed. Into his ear so i will give crazy rich asians four out of five children's potties that joe threw down the stairs solid rom-com good to see this much money given to a rom-com again a minus perfect
1: who's going next
2: okay i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a. Uh... Mm, i'm gonna give it a eight and a half stars out of 10 just for its sheer entertainment values and the fact that they tried the hollywood
1: (laughs) tried (laughs) 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 fuck yeah (laughs) yes good good work hollywood (laughs) yes (laughs) well okay i'm gonna coast off of that and you know what i give this five out of five midnight cactus blooms because i've watched this movie three times now once in theaters and once at home and once preparing to watch this podcast okay. And on the second at-home watch, I looked over and I saw my own husband at the part where where Henry Golding muscles his way through the economy uh, uh, <laughs> seats where we would we would definitely be sitting on our rides and proposes to Rachel Chu with the emeralds and a single beautiful tear was rolling down his face.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, Justin. <laughs> oh, Justin. <laughs>
1: This is a this is a five out of five enormous emeralds. Enormous mother's emeralds for me. <laughs> I, I love that. Justin. Make us a sequel. Was that scene.
2: <laughs> it was adorable that he was helping with all the luggages. <laughs>
1: so, that was great. That's that was something so Justin would do and I see why he was so he was so into it. He was in
3: the moment. He was yes. feeling
1: it, you know. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. I huh, the emotional toll. I will give it four and a half chicken nuggets out of five. <laughs> um, <laughs> because children are starving in america
1: yeah you don't want to be too skinny like those american children
3: (laughs) (laughs) because i i think it's very well done And I think the pacing is really nice, but I just wish that there that they had more of Rachel and Nick's backstory because mm-hmm. I wanted to to know more about them. Um, and you see a lot of their love because they're great actors, um, but I just wanted more of that written into the story. My Definitely. my main complaint, but otherwise. It-
0: chef's kiss beautiful let's take an outro onto this later but uh, let's record this part which is Hannah where can people find you and your incredible work and keep up with you Um, I have an
2: Instagram account which I don't take care of much anymore because I'm still busy with the baby and managing Joe at the same time but uh, my Instagram account is Hannah Payne I don't think there are underscores I'm pretty sure I have to take my I, no. I'm looking it at it. No underscores. Yeah. Okay, so it's H A N N A H H A E I M. That's it. H A
1: N
0: N A H H A E I M. And you manage Joe. I forgot that you are like his literal manager. In addition mm-hmm. to being. <sighs> all the other amazing things that you are, And one of my favorite Instagrams to follow is the Instagram for Joe that you, if you know Hannah, like Hannah clearly manages <laughs> and you like write all of the captions and I know that it's not Joe writing the captions and it's amazing. <laughs> I wish I had like examples off the top of my head. But occasionally, you can
2: tell. Yeah, I can't even pronounce the word anymore. I I sometimes get him, get on his butt and tell him to get on him. Like, you have to comment back to these people. You have to comment back in your own words. So I'm not catfishing you. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm in I'm in the Netflix show Circle. So I'm just like, Joe, get on it.
0: You're catfishing the internet as Joe. For instance, yes. is this post from January 22nd? The caption is a Friday well spent with my son. Was, did Joe <laughs> write that caption?
2: <laughs> that was definitely me.
1: <laughs> Logan. Patreon.com slash Y-S-S-T-O-G. Logan. Mayonnaise. We love our patrons. Andrew.
3: Patreon.com slash Y-S-S-T-O-G. Althea. Xenalon. and I We love our patrons, Sharon, Justin, and Evan. Eat your nuggets.